You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 586. Don't take your eye off of your marriage and off of your family. Continue to put time and to put that as a priority in your life. As you heard me say at the top of the podcast, one of the reasons I have a marriage coach is because if I have a coach in that area of my life, it should obviously communicate to all of you that I'm making that a priority. That's what I'm doing with my time. I'm devoting a particular amount of time to that. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. As always, excited to be with all of you today. So today is a solo podcast. You are just getting me. And uh, if you're tuning in, uh, we are wrapping up the year at this point for 2020. And I wanted to spend some time just sharing on some of the lessons that I learned throughout the year from the coaches that I work with. Obviously, I am a coach. And if you are a coach, the most important aspect is somebody's also got to coach the coach as well. And I am just such a big believer in coaching as a whole. I believe that we go further and faster with a coach than we'll ever go on our own. And so for me, throughout this year, uh, I have five coaches uh, that I work with. You might say that's crazy, but for me, uh, that's just a place that I've grown to. And I find that of all the things that I really invest in in my life, having the right mentors and coaches around me matter the most. I know I'm sure you're asking yourself, well, Chris, what coaches do you have? So I will share that real quickly. I have a leadership coach uh, that I work with that really focuses on helping become a better leader within my organization, a better leader within my household. Anything that I'm leading, that's what he focuses on. I have an accountability coach as well that is someone that I can really just open up and share the difficult things with, the hard things, and is there to kind of check me and keep me on pace, really a safe place for me to be able to go open up potentially about any struggles I have. The uh, other coach I have is, of course, a uh, fitness coach, uh, someone that I work with. I believe that health is such an important aspect of the leader's life. On top of that, I have a business executive coach, just all strategy, all about growing the businesses that I work in. And finally, I have a marriage coach as well. And uh, she works both with myself and my wife and really just comes in to make sure that my wife and I are continuing to better our relationship, um, which is something, uh, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, that you'll continue to have to focus on because business has definitely challenged marriage for sure. So those are the five coaches that I currently work with. And so today, here's what you're going to get. I'm going to share five things from the leadership coach uh, that I picked up this year that I think would be of great value to you. I sat down and was just reading through all the notes that I wrote down. And so you're going to get to glean, honestly, today from an entire year of session after session after session, me cherry picking for you. Uh, what I would consider some of the best principles that I picked up. So if you guys remember, there was a uh, documentary series that came out on Netflix this year called The Last Dance. And it was about, obviously, the uh, Chicago Bulls and uh, Michael Jordan. 
excellent documentary if you haven't seen it. But I think a lot of us watch that documentary and we're just mesmerized by the level at which Jordan played the game. I mean, he is obviously uh, a GOAT, one of the greatest of all time. And I remember going back to my leadership coach and I asked him, I said, you know, how do I or how does someone become the Michael Jordan of leadership? How do you attain that type of level? Because watching his commitment to the game really made me question my performance level because I'm not pushing at the level that Jordan did. And my coach told me something that was really important. He helped me understand the difference between situational versus what would be called lifelong performance. Situational performance is what we see with people primarily that are athletes. So if I'm preparing for the Olympics over a four-year period and you look at the pace that I'm running at, you're going to see me sacrificing at extremely high level. You're going to see a sense of obsession about getting everything right, shooting for perfection. That's what's required. Uh, You see this with athletes as well that are playing at a professional level. But what my coach helped me understood was that type of performance is situational. It's for a season. Even if you watch the Jordan series, you saw how exhausted he became. And yeah, he could you know, do that for a certain amount of seasons, but in no way was that a lifelong pace. And so Chris, he said, Chris, you know, you got to understand that, you know, as a leader, uh, as an entrepreneur, you're not in situational performance. You're in what he would call lifelong performance. And, and that was huge for me to understand because the pace at which you move at, the way in which you really balance your day, treating life much more like a marathon really is a better picture of what our day-to-day should look like as entrepreneurs. I know a lot of times... There's a lot of people out there talking about the grind and the hustle. And what I really understood and learned this year that I think a lot of times we apply what we see from these great athletes or these people that are showing us performance situationally. But we shouldn't model that in our business and our leadership because really it's apples and oranges because we're, we're really on a lifelong journey and it's about performance. And I want to share something, uh, really a quote that he gave me that I thought was powerful. He said, you know, I'm not going to jeopardize my long-term sustainability for a short-term blast that consistently pushes me beyond my boundaries. Let me say that one more time. I'm not going to jeopardize my long-term sustainability for a short-term blast that consistently pushes me beyond my boundaries. And man, that just really brought it home. And so for some of you listening today, I just want to paint that perspective and give you permission to not feel guilty, not feel because you're not sacrificing and burning it at both ends every day that there's something wrong. What I tell you is the wise or the really uh, prudent walk is the one that's much more at a sustainable pace. The second thing I want to talk about that's in relation to this is really a grid to be watching yourself on what my coach taught me was the four levels of burnout. Again, we hear about burnout all the time. It is one of the major reasons that people drop out of business or fail uh, in leadership is they literally burn themselves out. And my coach said, Chris, you realize that there's four levels of burnout? Like, I've never heard of that. And he said, what I want to do is really give you a filter so that you can understand where you're at at all times and know really when you need to back off. So level one is uh, I'm physically exhausted, but I'm just going to push through and make it happen. Nothing wrong with that level. We all find ourselves at that place. Level two is I'm physically exhausted, 
but I'm going to keep pushing through. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to drop balls, responsibilities. I'm missing meetings and calendaring things wrong and making mistakes. And so all of that mistake making and forgetfulness is obviously a sign of being physically exhausted. Level three is I am uh, physically exhausted, but I'm going to push through. And at this point, what I'm seeing happen is I'm starting to lose appetite. I'm not sleeping. Uh, I'm losing sleep. All of a sudden, there's a physical manifestation of my body telling me that I'm exhausted. Obviously, this is a dangerous zone to be in at level three. And level four is a uh, complete shutdown. It's just literally when all of a sudden, mentally, emotionally, you shut down. These are those moments you hear where people literally just kind of collapse on a bed or in a room and just say something happened. But I just literally had a breakdown. And so I wanted to share that with you guys because I think it's important to utilize that filter as I am to understand where you're at on those levels and to understand when you're really beginning to hit that danger zone, that red zone. One of the most important things I would tell you is that you can't jump back these levels quickly. You have to back out of burnout. And why we say back out of burnout is because if you back out, that means that you're backing out slowly. And so you're not at level three, level four, and in a couple day period, just go back to level one. So one of the things that my coach challenged me on was understanding when I push up to those levels, I've got to be very strategic for longer periods of time to really understand what it means to move from you know level three to level two to level one. It's a much slower process. And so I wanted to share that with you guys that you can't back out of burnout. The third thing I want to share with you guys which I think is really important, is the fact that marriage is the most attacked thing in a leader's life. You know, running Multipliers Brotherhood, as long as I've been around 15 years, um, I know this to be true when my, my leadership coach told me this. Being a leader and the way that we're wired as visionaries and we're drivers, we're not normal people. We have a goal in mind, and a lot of times we will do whatever it takes to reach that goal. Um, we're not quitters. We're perseverers. We have grit. But one of the challenges we have is that can a lot of ways get into the marriage and affect that. And my coach was really clear about the importance of understanding that as a leader, that's the place that you've got to watch the most because it is the most vulnerable area in your life. And so... The thing I want to challenge you with that I was challenged with is you're focused on growing your business. Don't take your eye off of your marriage and off of your family. Continue to put time and to put that as a priority in your life. As you heard me say at the top of the podcast, one of the reasons I have a marriage coach is because if I have a coach in that area of my life, it should obviously communicate to all of you that I'm making that a priority. That's what I'm doing with my time. I'm devoting a particular amount of time to that. And so one of the things I think that's important as we're talking about, you know, pace and all of that type of stuff is, you know, the real skill of business is the ability not to drive and turn it on. It's the ability to be able to turn it on and turn it off at will. It's that ability that when you sit down at the table for that day, you turn it on, you get that focus, you accomplish what you need to. But when you push back from the desk and you walk back into your life, it's that ability to turn it off. And if you can't turn it off, this is where your marriage is going to get attacked. And again, been married and an entrepreneur for any long, I'm sure your spouse, husband, or wife will tell you, you know, I just don't feel like you're here. 
I don't feel like you're present. And so that's that inability to be able to truly turn the brain off, to turn the business off. And I really believe that that's a skill. So one of the things I wanted to share that I was challenged with this year is just understand that the marriage is an extremely vulnerable place for you as a leader. And you've got to put extra time and attention into that. The fourth thing is, you know, I really was uh, taking the visionary role, everything that we have to focus on in a business, particularly if you're new right now, you're like, oh my gosh, the amount of things I feel like I'm trying to keep up with my business and focus on, and I, I can't even think about taking on one or two more things. That, that's a normal place to be. But I want to paint a picture for you of really what the bullseye is long-term. And if you're new to the business, you're not here yet. That's okay. But you are on a journey. And so what I want to paint for you is really, what would it look like for you as the owner of this company to walk in and do every day as the very most important things, like the final place, the final seat that you should be in, the final lanes in which you should be running in and everything else should be delegated. And so talking this year, my coach really helped me understand that every owner fundamentally has five priorities. And you want to get to a place that all you're doing is focusing on these five priorities. Number one is vision. You know, the direction of where the company's going. You're responsible as the leader to pioneer, to answer the question, what are we going to do next? Where are we going to go? Because as you build a team, they are looking for you to be the one out front guiding them and letting them know what's going to be next. And so vision is something that you will end up with and continue to drive forward. The second priority of a leader is cash the finances. It's something that you should never, ever take your eye off of. You will be responsible for the cash in the company, the cash balances and the balance sheet and the PNLs. That doesn't mean that you don't have bookkeepers and CPAs and CFOs. But at the end of the day, your responsibility is cash because cash is oxygen for your company. And if you run out of oxygen, you die, bottom line. And so it's got to be a continual priority for a CEO. The third one is the right people in the right seats. As a CEO, you'll always be responsible for finding great talent and making sure that the talent in your company are in the right positions, doing the right things. As, as we've all heard the uh, analogy that Jim Collins gets, you know, it's all about getting the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus, and the right people in the right seats. And so what my coach is telling me and helping us understand is what Jim Collins is talking about is something that the CEO will always have their hand on. The fourth thing is key relationships, building and networking. Networking is something that I have seen such value in because the broader and stronger uh, you build your network, the bigger levels and rooms that you move into with people that are more successful and have more experience, those relationships pay off in so many ways because you get ideas and you can raise capital and you can get pointed into JV relationships and opportunities. And so as the actual owner of your company, the key relationships will always be important. This could even be with people within the company, you know, someone that's a key person in your organization, like a COO, uh, also vendors, people that you're working with that have you know, a big part or a big hand in your overall revenue. So understand that key relationships are important. And the fifth one, of course, is continuous learning. You've always got to be learning. As they say, leaders are readers. If you're not reading, stop being a leader. So what I want to do is summarize those quickly for you because I think it creates such a clear picture in the midst of 
you know, the tornado and the chaos and all the things that sometimes get thrown at us, being entrepreneurs, business owners, at the end of the day, the sweet spot that we should all be trying to attain is that all that I do and focus on as a leader is I focus on vision, I focus on cash, I focus on the right people in the right seats, I focus on keeping key relationships and building those, and of course, continuous learning. Man, that really simplified it for me, and I thought that that would be valuable for you. And the very last thing I wanted to share that you know I learned this year from you know my leadership coach was this concept of you know the farther you go in business, the farther you go in leadership, the more you are the resource. This is such a big shift because what I find is we get so caught up in the doing side of the business, the performance side, the strategy side. And what my leader has really ingrained in me this year is that the being and the becoming side of the leader is what's going to matter further down the line because impact and the ability to attract the right talent, the ability to have people come and work for you that want to help build your vision, your ability to you know, get out and do all the things that are required to do, which are primarily a lot of times through other people. All of that is dictated on who you become as a person. Because if you're a high performer and an absolute a-hole, it's going to limit you in what you can do. And you're not really going to impact the lives of people. Yeah, you're going to get crap done. I'm not going to say that you're not going to drive a business and build revenue and be profitable. But if you are in the game of business, because you understand that more important than building your bank account is actually building a legacy and really living a life that has impacted the lives of people. And and you're known as a business owner that took your business and turned the profits of that to really impact causes that were near and dear to your heart. I'm sorry. I mean, for me, that's an absolute no-brainer. And so what I've realized is the longer that I'm in leadership, it's more about who I'm becoming rather than what I'm doing. Because the farther that I'm going down this journey, the more and more I am becoming the resource. I'm becoming the thing in the organization that's important in the sense of who I'm becoming as a man and as a leader and as a father. Uh, I'm sorry, as a husband, I don't have kids yet, but as a husband, but if you're listening as a father um, or even a wife. And so I think that that is such a powerful thing um, to understand that right now, as you're growing your business, make sure that you're taking the time to, you know, read books and, you know, go to conferences or hire coaches, whatever it does that sharpens you. But I'll I'll leave you with this statistic I heard from a leader one time that I thought was powerful. And he said, in my opinion, 50% of a leader's time should be spent on personal development. 50%. And I heard that and I thought that that was staggering. But, you know, this year I've begun to understand a lot more that the reason that is because the leader that said that understood the importance of becoming, the importance of being overdoing. So that's what I want to share with you guys today. I love these podcasts. If you were down in Tulum visiting me because you were on vacation and we were sitting by the ocean, you know, just kicking back, having a cappuccino, uh, yeah, I'd enjoy talking business with you and some strategy. Um, but you would find me 
um, really moving over to these type of topics because the longer I'm in business, the, the less I care as much about the business side as I do more about the people side uh, and the impact side. And again, I love business. I love strategy. I love those things. But I find that the older I get, the more I really want to have those conversations that I feel like matter. Not always about what marketing strategy are you working on or how are you tracking that KPI. Those conversations are obviously important. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the priority is the conversations that really change who we become as leaders. So hope this was valuable to all of you today. And this was really my reflection for today coming from my heart and what I wanted to share with all of you guys. So until next time, we will catch you soon when we add more value. Talk to you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.